What's going on guys? My name is Dustin and this is Empty Your Q. Uh, we're still kind of trying to figure out what we want to do as far as recording goes. Um, Cameron, I don't think I said this actually the last one, Cameron um, liked to joke a lot about being jobless and like making jokes about being like a sad jobless individual and uh, he went out and got a job. So, so we're proud of him, but that means he is a lot busier than usual. Or, well, then he has been. So we've been trying to figure out, you know, how we want to move on with the show, what's going to happen, um, and just what it's going to look like going forward. But over the weekend, I watched It's a Wonderful Life uh, with my fiance and her family over the uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And it had been a really long time since I saw this movie. Like, I probably saw it for the first time when I was a teenager maybe like 14, 15, somewhere in that range. Like I'm 30 now and I just have not watched it since that first time. So this was like the second time I've ever seen it start to finish. And uh, it was a lot different than I remember. Um, I know what comes to mind when you think about this movie is you think about, you know, the angel Clarence showing Jimmy Stewart around what what life would be like if he never existed. Uh, It's a trope that's been in countless Christmas movies and TV shows. I mean, the Rugrats even did it, if anyone remembers the old Rugrats cartoon. Like, this has been, I think there was a Mary with Children episode with Sam Kinison as the angel, where he takes Al Bundy around. And so so that's the lasting thing from this movie, is, is, you know, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. And what would, you know, what would life be like without George Bailey? And kind of like appreciating the gift that is life and the impact you can make that isn't just monetary. But this movie is like two hours and ten minutes long. And that portion with the angel Clarence is like the last 25 or so minutes of this movie. So the first hour 50 is like 1946 Joker where you just watch George Bailey get beat down by life at almost every turn. Like you have like the nice scenes where... You know, he falls in love. Um, he falls in love with Mary, and he has good moments with, you know, Uncle Billy and his family and his brother. And, you know, it's all fine and dandy, but the majority of it is like, hey, his uncle lost $3,000. Hey, his brother got to go to college with his money. Hey, he's had to stay and save the family business. Hey, he's using his honeymoon money to do, like, you know. And it's just like, you know, I forgot how dark it was um, watching it again. And I guess that's, you know, as a testament to how strong the end is in terms of like, you forget all of it. You're like, oh, this is just a magical Christmas movie. But even then, like the way it resolves, I definitely like this sounds terrible because this is considered one of like the most popular movies ever. I want to like the most beloved movies ever. But um even the way it resolves. So the whole movie, you see um, Mr. Potter, who's like the evil politician, industrialist type of guy. And he's trying to buy out George Bailey's um, loan company, basically like the family business. And George is like, no, you're a two-timer. You're a scumbag. You're not like, I'm not doing it. This is not happening. And so Mr. Potter, who is played by Lionel Barrymore, who is absolutely, like, obviously I've not seen a lot of movies in my day that star Lionel Barrymore. I'm assuming he's related to the Barrymore family, but I don't know. Uh, I'll click the link on this Wikipedia page in a second and find out. But um, 
like I wouldn't if I was like a kid in the 40s watching this movie and I ever saw him in something else I would be like this dude is a scumbag I don't care what this movie is he's Mr. Potter and he's a scumbag like he's like he embodies that role so well it's like if you saw the the actress that played the Wicked Witch in anything else after seeing the Wizard of Oz you're just like yeah no that's it's not happening so anyway so the movie ends with the town coming together to help George Bailey, who is Jimmy Stewart and his family raise money to, um, to save their, their bank basically to save their loan business. But like, that's just like a temporary fit. Like they don't bring him money. That's like, okay, you're out of debt forever. Now it's like the equivalent of like, we brought you this month's rent. So, you know, good luck next month. Hopefully you don't run into these exact same circumstances that you seem to be running into all the time. And the other thing that really bothered me is there's a part in this movie where where Uncle Billy loses $3,000 because he's gloating and insulting Mr. Potter. And he grabs a paper and shoves it in his face. And then he puts the $3,000 that are in this envelope and he gives it, he wraps it in the paper and gives it to Mr. Potter. And of course, Mr. Potter, because he's a scumbag, is like... I'm not going to tell him I got the three, like, this might be perfect. This might be what it takes to finally run them out of business and, and ruin their lives. And like, he still has the three thousand, like he still stole $3,000. Like there's no like Christmas Carol moment where he bursts in like Ebenezer Scrooge, like here's the money. I'm so sorry. And they're like, man, our problems are permanently resolved. Like Jimmy Stewart was ready to swan dive off a bridge, like 20 minutes before this end scene that you know hey look how beautiful the human spirit is and look what being nice can get you and like I don't know maybe I'm just too cynical to watch this now and not be like well I hope he's not you know standing at that same bridge in two months like I can't believe this happened again but here we are uh but yeah I don't know that might just be too dark of a look on it this movie is a classic um Directed, written, and produced by Frank Capra. It's the only time in his career he ever did all three. Uh, it stars Jimmy Stewart, who, interestingly enough, had just come back from war. And so they were like, hey, Jimmy, I got this movie for you. And he's like, I i don't know about that. I just came back from literal war. And somehow they talk him into it, and it goes on to, you know, now become one of the greatest films of all time according to so many film you know enthusiasts students uh, experts all of those institutions are like this is like one of an all-time christmas movies let alone just movies but uh it was a commercial failure and that like i just you know i've only ever known it as a timeless classic so to read that it only made um like three million dollars when it came out which I guess was less than its budget even, which that just, yeah, that blew my mind. Um, it was a huge failure and it was critically panned, which I thought was kind of funny too. Like even a movie like, I don't know. It makes me wonder too, like what movies that were made fun of and panned now in like 30 years, am I going to be like watching my grandkids like be like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You know, like, is it going to be something weird and random or is it going to be like, Oh yeah, we all knew that was a great movie, and for whatever reason, critics didn't like it, but we thought it was great. Like, I don't know if I can show my great-grandkids one day, be like, hey, sit down with Grandpa, let's watch MacGruber. 
I just read the latest dissertation on why it's the highest form of comedy ever made. I don't know, you know. Um, but so a couple other things before I before I hop out of here. Um, so I was I was also it doesn't look like Lionel Barrymore is related to John Barrymore, Drew Barrymore, and the that Barrymore family. But it was a quick skim on Wikipedia, so who knows how accurate that is? I just feel like you know Wikipedia is a beacon of truth, so. Who am I to uh, to argue with it? But uh, according to a couple of trivia things on this, like I know it's probably not as interesting to just listen to one person talk, so I'll try to keep this quick, try to hit the most important things here. Uh, Jimmy Stewart was nervous because there was a big kiss scene here in the movie and with Donna Reed, I should say, who plays his eventual wife, Mary. Uh, he was worried because it was his first time doing an on-screen kiss since he got back from the war. And so they they worked with him, they talked it out, and unrehearsed, he did the scene in one take. And apparently it was, like, such a hot kiss that the censors were like, hey, buddy, Frank Capra, you gotta cut out some of this hug because there's too much passion in that. And, I mean, it's kind of like a a throwaway note, but, like, think about, like, 1946... They're like, that hug is a little too passionate. I mean, like, this is a time when, you know, married couples in TV shows had to sleep in separate beds because they're like, we can't show that. Come on, we can't show that. Um, I just think it's really interesting. I think it's funny how, you know, especially these old classic films, like how, you know, passion and, and romance or it's such a fine line before they go into like this is too much this is this is ridiculous um let's see there's a couple other things that i thought were pretty oh so this killed me apparently the people that wrote it absolutely hate it hated it and only liked a couple things um and in the original script i guess one of like so there's no Mr. Potter in the original script. And what happens is he comes back or he's he's getting shown what life would be like and he sees that he's become a greedy corporate fat cat politician and he's horrified. And then he has to fight the greedy negative version of himself and the fight ends when he throws him off of he throws the bad George Bailey off of a the same bridge he was going to jump off of. Um, I would love that. It really reminds me of Scott Pilgrim versus the world where you get Scott versus the nega Scott. Um, I thought that would have been like, could you imagine watching this movie now? And they're like, man, this is a, this is a beautiful movie. This is one of the, the best movies ever made. I can't believe, you know, it was so mis misinterpreted back in the day. And uh, and then it just turned out that the way it ended was he fought Ghost Him, basically. I don't know. that I, I'm glad to see that creativity was alive in the 40s as it is now. Um, there's a part where Potter tries to bribe George into a job. He says he'll pay him $20,000 a year for at least three years to work for him. And what it says here is, according to 2020 terms... That equivalent is about $352,000. And I just have to say, like, if they were offering me $352,000 and I was sitting with, like, 
hey, I don't know how I'm going to keep my business alive. Hey, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family and buy Christmas presents. Hey, my brother's gone in war. Hey, I'm I'm dealing with a lot here. I don't know that I wouldn't be like, yeah, Mr. Potter, who do you, who am I kicking out? What are we doing? What horrible things do we need? Okay, cool. Like, that's life-changing money right there. So, you know, props to Jimmy Stewart. Props to George Bailey on that integrity because, you know, I think we can all, we can all learn something from it. Um, and I think that that's pretty much, there's so many trivia notes on this. I'm literally just coming through IMDb. There's like 150 plus things. And a lot of them are like voted number one in 2006, voted to AFI's top performances. Um, I will say though, Jimmy Stewart is, he's known for that, you know, he's got that voice. He's got that, like that warbly voice. Like, I don't think I can do it right now. Um, but for for being such a distinct person, he is absolutely, you know, incredible at creating these characters. I think of this, I think of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and that's literally it because of those the only two things I think I've seen him in. I would have to look back through. But um, it's just, you know, it's incredible what he was able to do for being you know such a distinct character like it's like i wouldn't say like like um like a sylvester stallone or like arnold schwarzenegger or something where like they have that thick accent or that heavy voice that it's like okay well you're also built like a brick shit house like we can't see you in literally anything but but um for being you know such a distinct unique person with such a unique voice he's really able to craft a lot of, you know, unique characters. Like, like in this movie, you really feel for him. When he gets to the point, like, he's had an hour and 50-so minutes of them just, like, beating him down with this Joker style, like, <clears throat> life's a comedy. Um, when he's at the end of his rope, like, it's pretty effective for even now, 60, 70, 80 years later, like, it's a, it's a super effective movie, and I think that's what makes it hold out as such a, a Christmas classic, really. Um, but yeah, so I yeah we just watched it over the weekend, and uh, I just wanted to talk about it a bit as we try to figure out, you know, what we're going to do with this show going forward, if it'll just be shorter, like, hey, let's break down a movie really quick, or, you know, who knows what. So this, I think, is just basically public domain at this point. I'm pretty sure you can watch... It's a Wonderful Life, almost anywhere. But let's double check. So it is on Prime. You can buy it on YouTube and Vudu. Uh, it'll be on TV as well, probably all month long for December. And if you haven't seen it, it's, you know, it, it could be off-putting because it's black and white. Uh, the Amazon Prime version is in color. It's like a restored color version, which is really, really cool. Um, it was cool to see that way after you know watching black and white the one time and like it makes it feel so much newer too which is absolutely crazy that just watching a color movie would be hey look how much better look how much newer this looks look how crazy this is um but i would really recommend it i think it's one of those movies that yes it's really old and yes it's you know a classic and it might be a little slower than you know maybe you like your movies now but I think, you know, it stands the test of time for a reason, and it has the legacy it has for a reason. 
So I think, you know, if you're looking for things to check out or to watch as you like kick off the holiday season, definitely watch this. Definitely check it out. Um, it's a classic for a reason. That way you can finally tell people, oh, yeah, I've seen I've seen It's a Wonderful Life. Um, and just enjoy Clarence because Clarence is just such a good character. And to only get 15 minutes of him or like 20 minutes of him for screen time for uh, for Henry Travers is an absolute mockery he does voiceover a lot before he comes into the like that movie himself and he's just it's so funny it's it's ridiculous um oh my god yeah so the the references and adaptations and stuff are uh like a mile long on the internet here all the things that have referenced it and taken from it over the years so you know it's an influential classic for a reason so check it out uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking us out. Um, be sure to follow or subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we will figure this out and be back soon. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>